you have a player that's constantly ruining the fun for you and your other players? Does he or she run around murdering everyone in sight? Find out how to deal with these pesky players coming up on the Nat 20 Knowledge. That was pretty good. I'll just leave that in. Welcome back to the Nat 20 Knowledge, your guide to becoming the ultimate dungeon master. I'm your host, Josh Shell, and I'm joined here with my two DM experts. First off, we have the back alley dungeon master, back on the pod, Mr. Justin S. How are you doing, Justin? How's it going, folks? Yeah, no, been doing good. I was just telling uh, Josh here, he said, did you get a haircut? And I said, no, I just didn't gel my hair because there's no need to get purdied up. (laughs) Believe it or not, I've ran the block a couple times and, you know, fucked all that needs to be fucked, you know? That's just just what's going on here. All right, Justin, your right hand doesn't consist of everything that needs to be fucked, okay? You know what? Jill has a great time every (laughs) night, okay? All right. And the most consistent of our DMs, Mr. Shane Kirkham. Shane, are you also uh, seeing Jill? Jill, yeah, on the weekends. On weekends. Justin gets married oh, in a week. Wow. And I get holidays. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're new to the Nat 20 Knowledge, we are a podcast that focus on teaching new and old DMs alike tips and tricks on how to improve their skills. This week, we are going to focus on the unruly players you may have to DM and how to handle them. But first, I'd like to let you guys know about Die Hard Dice. So Die Hard Dice is our sponsor for today and for the rest of Season 3. So get excited about that. They have the highest quality metal and polymer dice sets as well as a very nice folding dice tray. And they make it super easy to match your dice to your class. So for instance, like Tyson from the Dicey D20, I picked up a gold ruby set from the Gemstone Collection. They're like a nice red and gold, really matches Tyson's style. Gets the fire and flashiness Tyson likes to roll with. So if you're looking to up your game, visit dieharddice.com. And use the code DiceyD20 at checkout to get 15% off. Once again, that's DieHardDice.com and use DiceyD20 for 15% off. Did you say a whole 15 smackaroos off my full purchase? Oh, man. A whole gosh darn 15% (laughs) off, Mr. Ungelled Hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, I best get on this nifty site you're talking about. (laughs) All right, so this week, we're going to be talking about the, the players that don't add necessarily to the experience. They usually t- take away from the experience of D&D. Now, if you are one of these players, you might want to, you know, look deep inside yourself and ask why. <laughs> it's cheaper than going to a psychologist. <laughs> but uh, so I, I've, I've kind of narrowed it down to about five players that I, I find that could take away from, you know, the D&D experience. Now, not all these players are necessarily inherently bad people. They just might prefer playing this way, and uh, you know every group's different. You might have a whole group of murder hobos, and that's just how the <laughs> that's just how uh, your session's gonna run. I'm sorry, but uh, um, is this your list that you've this is together? this is a list I've I've looked around. I, I looked on Reddit and I looked at uh, some articles, just gathering what people generally consider quote unquote bad players. Are there um, any that you've encountered or played with? There's a couple on the list. I'll I'll go into them if uh, we run into ones that I've run into and and we'll go into how to how to deal with them. I got my five players. I'm going to list them off. If you guys think I've missed one, we'll we'll talk about it too. But number 1, I think everyone saw this coming. Uh so murder hobos. For those of you who don't know what a murder hobo is, a murder hobo is a player or group of players who roam around and kill every creature and NPC that you present them as a DM. Uh they avoid the story and role play and go straight to the conflict. 
So I'm I'm pretty sure almost everyone has run into a player like this. Uh, and I could see as a DM that being annoying because you put all this hard work and into constructing these NPCs and this nice story. And then your player or players just roam around <laughs> murdering everything and ignoring the story. Mm-hmm. So let's let's start with you, Justin. How how would you deal with a murder hobo or a group of murder hobos? <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple of ways to go to it. You know, plain and simple. You you kill them. You know? <laughs> they they're they're abusing their power and they absolutely know it. And most of the time. These so-called murder hobos aren't even, like, like their character uh, alignment isn't even, like, chaotic evil or whatever. They're just doing it to be fucking pieces of shit. So, you know what? Yeah, you kill them. So, so your go-to uh, solution is just murder the murder hobos. <laughs> Fight fire with fire, as it were. Yeah. Exactly. Or, you know, if, if he's your good buddy and just does this every playthrough, but yeah. You just don't want to break that little heart or maybe he's, you know, maybe he's lending you Jill, his own Jill sometimes <laughs> and helping you out. Like, I don't know. But anyway, um, you just got to fuck with him, you know, let him know that he's not the one in charge and that you, the DM are, and you, I don't know, if he goes to kill someone, just take put him up off. against someone. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> You make this fucking berserker knight and just, uh, yeah, put him right in front of him, knowing that he won't be able to kick his ass, and then just throw him in the slammer, or get him KO'd and throw him in the pen with a bunch of pigs and just leave him there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can see that working for the one session, but they're gonna make a, they're gonna want to make another character. I, I assume if this character like this player likes playing with the group, just murdering the player. I don't know if that'll necessarily solve the overall problem. Well, then you, you just got to fuck with him and put him up against NPCs that he can't beat. That's all there is. Or, you know what, if he kills one wolf in the forest, maybe, a, you know, a pack comes behind the tree that he didn't <laughs> necessarily see and he just gets mauled. You know, he's got he's to gotta learn from bad experience after bad experience. And uh, I think eventually they'll get it through their head being like, okay, I better play a little bit more passive, you know, or maybe let's kill everything as a group. And then that way it'll be a group interaction. And there'll be people saying like, why do, why are we killing everything? I, I don't get why you're such a fucking psychopath. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I just feel it'll, it'll definitely help that way. Okay. If he's just, if he's just there and you kill him and it's not working, he comes back again, he's freaking good and he's still murdering everyone. I don't know. Just kick him out of your group. Fuck him. Okay, so your yours yeah. is more of a discipline by negative reinforcement. Ain't nobody got time for that, you know? <laughs> Shane, I'm hoping you have some positive reinforcement uh, discipline to counteract that. Like, not not yeah. that that's a bad thing. Those are some good points. Uh, kind of putting them in their place. But yeah. uh, let's hear some positive reinforcement, Shane. Yeah, I guess you just try to talk to him. Okay. And especially if he's you're playing in a big group and it's kind of the one guy who's um, killing everybody and ruining it for everybody. You know, just got to talk to him like this, you know, this game is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to do something and get a different experience out of it. You want to kill everything, but a lot of other people want to talk to these people who you're killing. So maybe kill half of the amount that you're killing <laughs> right now. Or, or let them know maybe that there's a time and place. Yeah. Like, well, I'll give you fighting encounters, but there'll be, there's going to be a dungeon crawl with tons of things you can go through and wipe out. So yours is, do you do this one-on-one or do you do it like with as a group? How would you, how would you go? Embarrassing. (laughs) Embarrassing. Yeah. There's again with a negative reinforcement. (laughs) Yeah. I'd probably go to him just one-on-one at first. Boo. If I notice it it happening or people are 
complaining about some individual, I'd probably go to them first. But if they keep it up, then you can embarrass them and put them on trial in front of everybody and then kick them out. Good man. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> um, but I like Justin's earlier point, too, of um, what was it? Uh, <laughs> he said, was, kill you them. weren't listening. Yeah. Killing, them, killing them and putting them in, in their place. In the group I'm playing in right now, one of our players was pushing his luck a little bit. In an encounter mm. that was should have been not, we were shopping basically and asking this merchant, which is about general information. And on the way out, one of our player flicks a gold coin to the shopkeep lady, but this bodyguard snatches it out of the air and he pockets it. So the player like confronts him. They argue. He shoves them. They start shoving and they both, he draws weapons and attacks first. So the <laughs> bodyguard pulls out a club as well and just starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> and yeah, just ended up killing him right there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it okay. Okay. But. There's a little bit of a story behind that, and there was there was reason. It wasn't like he looked down my shirt, and I'm I'm a fully armored man, and I'm opposed to that, you know. Yeah. And then he just attacks him. No, our DM said I kind of appreciate it. You know that bodyguard has a story and a personality as well. You don't really know what's going on with him, but because he did this, he just because of what's up with him, he's like, all right, I got a chance to let out this frustration. You know, fuck this guy. I'm going to be justified in killing this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the opportunity to. It seems like a lot of your your guys' solution is uh, murder the murder hobos. Yeah. I I have a, I want to propose a different solution. And I know I'm going to get booed by Justin. But I think as a DM, there are ways to reinforce RPG. Like when a character, when a player role plays his character, you know, here's some XP. Here's a, here's an item. Uh, Good job on completing this quest. I know if Noah were here, he does this a lot with his, oh, you finished this quest. Here's some XP. And it's not necessarily always fighting quests. It's like you successfully talk the mayor into giving resources to this area or some, something like that, right? And he mm-hmm. gives you an achievement for like diplomacy or something like that. Yeah, it's something I really appreciate Noah doing. Yeah. I like it. Don't bolster his ego too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like giving giving that positive reinforcement for your players to role play and not always kill things, I think is another way of going about it. I think that should always be your main goal is to positively reinforce uh, story playing elements and role playing your character. I think you should positively reinforce that. If then they go against it, then maybe talk to them and then go to Justin's final, (laughs) go to the final plan (laughs) of murdering him (laughs) or her. You know, I got got another idea. Not as gruesome, but uh, might do the same effect here. Okay. Just like a man stuck in the desert, you know, he's looking for water. What if you just don't give him NPCs to kill every, you know, every time he <laughs> go through, he's completely abandoned. He loses the want to kill because he hasn't done it in so long. So you, you put just him bleed in- him dry. That's- <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> so, so you just, you could do, I know this is a super controversial game, but like Fallout 76, how they have like, they just don't have no, any player character or non-player characters. They have notes or they have, uh, sound effects or something yeah or robots or something like Mm -hmm. you could have that where it's maybe they're in a temple or something and all they can find are these writing on the wall or something (laughs) they're not gonna fucking fight a wall (laughs) unless they're (laughs) batshit insane but (laughs) that's a genius idea i love that yeah that's funny all right i think we covered murder hobos you guys you guys happy with that one yeah all right fuck them if you're if you're one of them and you're listening fuck you Well, no, that's not not always true. Like if if you're a DM and you love running hack and slash combat campaigns and your group loves that, then there's nothing inherently wrong with it. But it's when there's when there's one or two that are ruining the 
role-playing experience for the rest of the group. That's kind of the negative. Um, so the next player I have on this list is not necessarily a, a bad person. They're just, they sometimes, sometimes it can take away from the experience. So uh, the quiet or shy player. So the player who rarely talks and avoids role-playing. It's Rogar Ragnar. <laughs> He's coming out of his shell pretty well, actually. Um, so this, this player, they're not inherently a bad person. They're just maybe a little shy and a little nervous to talk to people or act act out and i think this one's probably the most common one you'll run into because there are a lot of people in especially in dungeons and dragons who are a bit shyer you know they're not as uh, outgoing as as some other people might be and there might be some players that overshadow them when they're role-playing so well shane you're kind of a quiet guy you're a shy guy yeah Uh, how would you like a dm to approach you and maybe get you out of your shell whether in game or out of game beat you (laughs) (laughs) justin get the belt Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Thinking you know what? I have an idea. I I could help Shane out here. All right, let's hear your, let's hear your idea. I always love your ideas. All right. So you know what? You you throw a party. You run the seven minutes in heaven, but instead of just two people, <laughs> you throw them in with like a dozen people, and you lock the doors and you say, "You're not coming out until you're social." Okay, <laughs> piece of shit. I'm I'm confused whether you're talking about real life or the game. Real life. <laughs> Okay, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has do to not happen do in real life cuz uh, <laughs> otherwise you won't you won't learn anything and then you won't do it when he's playing D&D. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Most of the people I played with are pretty pretty good about that stuff. Um I feel like you have to put them in situations where they like they just have no choice. So like if the rest of the group is trapped in this net or something like that and he's the only one that has access to like pulling the lever to release it and stuff but there's like guys in the way and all that stuff like i feel mm-hmm. like in that alone situation that he has to he or she has to come out and grow become, those, become those nice hero. balls that we all want you know and just yeah i i think that's a good idea do what like, you gotta do yeah for sure like giving them that opportunity to be the hero to have to role play and maybe yeah save the group if the players all love your character for saving them then they'll be probably less shy around yeah. the group Mm-hmm. I, I think another way back a good berry here and there you know <laughs> like a little save goes a long way i think i think a way that out of game that you could help one of these players is maybe starting off with a smaller group so maybe three to four players instead of like a six to eight group player group a because there's less people so they may be less anxious about speaking out and b because there's less people so there's more of a role they have to play in the group and um, starting them off in a group with somebody they already know too mm. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's something. I don't think mm. when I first got into D anD D, it was because I I was with Amber. Okay, went to start it. Yeah, and I was looking for D anD D groups kind of before I wanting to get into it, but I didn't really know anybody else, mm-hmm. so I never joined one. But once Amber said, "Hey, I found a group. Do you want to play with me?" And I was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. All right, so moving on to the next player, we've got this one. This one's gonna be tough because it really depends on the kind of group you're in and whether how close you guys are. <laughs> This is the creepy player. So a player who constantly makes weird or perverted comments that make other players uncomfortable. Fievels. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, that's those different. Those cheese jokes are golden. You know it. <laughs> that one's different because we're all friends and we all make those jokes yeah. together anyway. So that's that's a different story. But if, you're, if it's only one player making like weird or sexual comments towards other players that they don't really know or, you know, making other players uncomfortable... Like, how would you go about dealing with that, Shane? It sounds like kind of a ground rules. I would start at the very beginning of the campaign or the sessions. Yeah. Just kind of establish how much you want to get into that. You could be like, 
you know, everybody can say what they want. Yeah. Try not to be offended by what other people say. They might think it's funny and doesn't come off right, but you can also say we want to keep it pretty clean and no swearing and no creepy perverted jokes. And then you got to kind of respect that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're kind of just lay the ground rules off of the bat. I think um, so. So maybe if you're playing but with Shane, what if, what if that doesn't work? Laying the ground rules? I yeah, think you go with like, like fuck my DM. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and then treat him like a murder hobo. Just keep killing him. <laughs> I think a cool thing you could do is maybe yeah. lay those ground rules. So say if it is no swearing, this one's a rare one. I don't, I don't think too many groups would go with that. Mm-hmm. But say it is no swearing. Cool thing you could do is maybe like a swear jar. And then after, after like the whole the session's done, maybe you could use it to buy the person who swore the least a pair of dice. Something, <laughs> something interesting, right? Like something that reinforces that could be an interesting. I remember way. when I was four. <laughs> that's just, that's just a way. Like it could be like sexual comments too, right? Like, uh, yeah, no, for every, sure. every time you make But then it's cool. like, guys, there's not enough money in there <laughs> for somebody to get a dice at the end of this week. Oh, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then it reinforces the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Well, you know what? Got a, got a big solution here. All right, we're listening. All right, so Pervy McPerverson is, uh, you know, he's, he's making sexual con- uh, comments and, you know, he's always taking off his clothes and stuff. I don't know what, what kids are into these days, but anyway, so you could put like an NPC guard for that kind of shit, just someone that doesn't tolerate that sort of thing. And when, when he says like a comment, just have the NPC like throat punch him or chop out <laughs> a finger or something like that, you know? <laughs> You remind let's, me of my father, and then you just for a second. Um, <laughs> okay. So, say I'm a character, and I start talking about something, something weird. I, I take my <laughs> pants off. No, I put my hands down my pants. Whoa, I'm very uncomfortable with you putting your hands down your pants. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I wish there was something were that you, could happen. <laughs> yeah. Were you Were you raised on a barn? I hate people raised on a barn, and then you just make the guard walk over here and throat punch him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a good role play session. <laughs> I think everyone got the idea. Or, you know what? If if they're a mouthy individual and they just they always say like eh, 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 take off your clothes like that sort of thing, get your NPC or a player to chop off their tongue and then their character can't talk. Oh, that's an interesting way of going around it. Problem but, solved. But next question: the player could still say the pervy things out of character yeah i think the best way is the same with the murder hobos is i'd, I'd get them to the uh, just talk to them either after or, after a session that they made a bunch of comments just be like hey can you cool it on these comments kind of like just like a strike system like strike three you're out right true and if they keep showing up you know you just gotta get a group in the uh the dark alley and as soon as he walks out from after the session Beat him with bats. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Talk to the player. <sighs> I like to think Justin's back alley games are like super clean, PG, but he does all the worst things when people break the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's so clean. Yeah. Not a swore. You know, not a swear word was uttered the, in Justin's games. <laughs> if I lay down some ground rules and they're broken, you know, consequences are uh, they're coming. Paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it works. All right. Well, let's hear what Justin's discipline actions would be for the next player. So the next player is the liar. Oh God. So you ready for this one? So the Ooh. liar is a player who always seems to roll a nat twenty, or always has a quote unquote oh. spell or ability for that, even though they you know they don't (laughs) so this one i find would probably mostly happen in a online setting where they're rolling by themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it's for harder sure. to do in person, right? Because everyone can see your role, right? Yeah, for the most part. Well, you know, sometimes you're like, don't look, it's bad luck. So everyone looks <laughs> away. And like, All right, well. Not 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I rolled my eighth not twenty in a row. What are the odds? Like, <laughs> you know what happens. So l- l- let me go with the online way of maybe avoiding this is to have players roll using the online dice roller. Like if you're on roll twenty, mm-hmm. it has a dice roller. Just make it a rule that everyone rolls on that um, instead of rolling their physical dice. It's not as fun, but it saves that everyone's able to see it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And on roll twenty, for example. Uh, DMs can see all the characters' character sheets, mm. so you'll be able to see if they're, you know, quickly last minute changing those spells. And mm, interesting, that's a good one. Uh, so I think in in person, the way to avoid that is to just constantly getting an update from your player uh, players on their level, kind of their abilities, new ones they have. What's yeah? What spells they have prepared for the day? Yeah, just things like that. Yeah, and Noah always yeah. does this with us. He's always like, oh, like when. Like you guys leveled up with what are your new abilities, stuff like that. First of all, it's more interesting for the gameplay because he can put you up against things that allow you to use your abilities mm-hmm. or they can put you up against things that he knows your abilities don't have. So you have to get more creative. Mm-hmm. I think always uh, just being up to date with your, your players' character sheets is, is probably the best way to avoid that in person. And, and in person rolling the nat 20, just, just watch them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> vigorously <laughs> or check if they have a weighted dice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this one's probably more rare. I feel there's not too too many people that do this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess if you are a suspect, just call them out too. You know, even just calling them out might make them stop. Might make them a bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the third nat 20 in a row, you just yell, LIAR! <laughs> I know you're a liar! Just get the bell and start yelling, SHAME! Ding, ding, ding. SHAME! <laughs> or you know what? You fight fire with fire. You lie too. Oh, oh my god, he rolled a nat 20. That just counters yours, I guess. Okay. That's yeah. some, this is something I want to talk about. Do you fudge <laughs> dice rolls as a DM? Mm, I wish we had Noah here too. Yeah. Um, oh boy i don't play dm uh, as a player no. i've never fudged my roles mm-hmm. um, i don't want to ruin my integrity but, you know, <laughs> so that's yes. <laughs> sometimes a one turns into a 20 like a, i mean it just just happens <laughs> i don't think noah does um clearly because two of his bad guys have lost terribly terribly in the last season mm-hmm. um you know, mazer fucking yeah. dark mazer down yeah yeah went down good guy one round. Uh, so clearly Noah doesn't fudge rolls. <laughs> That's very apparent. <laughs> Maybe uh, he does fudge rolls to make them really bad. I don't oh. think he'd do that. He was very disappointed <laughs> that his character went down. He's so just easy. trying to boost me up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you piece of shit. I can promise you he doesn't do that, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've I've done it a couple times. Not in the sense of like for my guys, but for their sake. Like, if I just start off a campaign mm. and they go up against a couple bandits and stuff, and the bandits get some high rolls, you know, and they do eight, nine damage, they only have two health, and then the guy rolls a nat 20, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want them killing off the, the person right now, so I'm like, oh, no, they missed, you know, and I, I just kind of, like, give them that chance. Sometimes if you don't fudge the rolls, you're kind of fucking your campaign. And if you keep murdering your people at early stages, like they're not going to want to play or they're going to be like, this guy's a shit DM. Like, why just keep putting us up against bandits? They're so hard. <laughs> they're killing me. <laughs> yeah, that, that is not the answer I expected from Justin. Wow. He's, he's got a heart. Hmm. Wow. I don't. Some, sometimes. <laughs> Shane fudges it the other way. Yep. <laughs> not one, guys are not having, 20. <laughs> this is going too easy for my players. 20s. 20s. Uh, all three of them. Do you want to look? You can't. 
It's behind the DM screen. <laughs> There's notes back here. If you look behind the DM screen, that's minus 100 XP. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't fudge rolls? No, I do. You do? But usually it goes both ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll throw in some saving nat ones for the enemies or some nat 20s to put them on edge if they're having a too easy of a time. Mm. That's fair. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at Shane again. This is the second most controversial thing he said on this podcast. Uh, I don't necessarily blame a dm for fudging rolls to a point mm-hmm. if it's constantly getting 20s and i'm like okay i only have one health stop 20ing me <laughs> yeah um, then it's like a little ridiculous but if it's to move the story and make it more interesting i'm all for that it's going to vary between groups right mm-hmm. whether you want to challenge your group or um, whether they're doing really badly and you have to help them out a bit um it's a little off topic but uh back back to the players i think we covered the liar player a lot the final player on my list is the anti-team player slash thief. So this is the player who's constantly ruining the team bonding experience for more selfish means or just to ruin other players' fun. Um, I've definitely had this player in, in one of my games. I had a player, actually, I think Justin was DMing for us. Can I hear a name? No, I will not tell you the name. <laughs> oh, oh, I know who it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't say the name. But uh, this player was constantly like, so say I was walking and I ran into his room and I searched the room and Justin's like, oh, you find a chest in the corner. He would immediately be like, oh, I opened the chest. And it's like, well, you're not in the room with him. You're not near the chest. Well, why would you get to them? Him for, Why would you get to the chest first? And he's like, oh, I, I didn't say, but I'm there. I'm, I'm in the room. And it's like, okay. I, I run over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just selfish playing, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not allowing other people to experience things. And then there's also players who are just steal things from other players, even if that's not their character, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you have a nice axe. I'm going to take it. Like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Even if their player is not evil or, you know, selfish, uh, they still will do it. Um, so how would you go about dealing with this, this type of player, Justin? Uh, how did you deal with that player? Let's go with that. He moved. He moved. <laughs> 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 you just gotta put um, the cop out. <laughs> no, it's 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 the same thing with the guy that's going around murdering everyone. It's just you know punishment. Some some players only respond to that. You know, it's it's I guess it's like an alpha thing, but I don't really understand it because the DM's always the alpha. I'm fucking god, all right. That's just the way it is. You can't be in every fucking room claiming every single goddamn prize. I don't know. Sometimes players do it because they feel like they don't. Maybe they're not getting the amount of loot that they want. Like, I know in some cases people are always loot hungry, but if you don't give your players something after three, four, five sessions, like it, it might be a little dry for them, and they just kind of have to create their own loot. That's fair. So, so maybe trying to distribute the the loot fairly evenly. Yeah, kind of and as to- as a as a DM, like when I plan stuff, there's there's loot in every single session. It's just if the players go there, it's there, and if they look in the right spot, it, like it's I planned it to be there. But sometimes, you're, if your group's super direct and you don't really have a, the explorer type that like to kind of like look around behind like a brick that you can move that moves a wall that goes to like a treasure room or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe encourage them to do perception checks in every single room and just like look out for those things because some some players just you know either they don't know or it's failed them so many times that they just don't bother i, I don't know how about you shane how would you deal with the anti-team player yeah I, if not 
kill them. <laughs> the group. All right, that's, that's, that's for everyone, even the quiet, <laughs> shy players. Just kill them <laughs> if they don't <laughs> adhere to your rules. <laughs> you know, when you murder the character, they'll, they'll say something. What the fuck, Justin? And I'll be like, well, you didn't, your character didn't say anything. Like, I just thought he was dead there, anyway. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to spear you through the throat if you don't say anything. <laughs> Happens. All right. All right, back to the anti-team players. <laughs> I, either I just not let them do it, I kind of explain why, or, yeah, punch them as well. Using your examples, Josh, like you're opening the chest, and the guy says, well, I'm going to do it. I'd say, well, yeah, obviously either, well, you're not in the room, or this is what Josh's character is doing right now. He's kind of got it covered. Mm. You can do something else in the room. There's these other things going on that you can okay. investigate and look at. So giving them other options. Other options. Or I even just let them help you somehow. You know, you, they can move up to, you guys can open it together. Maybe you'll Team spot one. that there's actually a trap there and kind of save them. And then he loves me. Yeah. And then you guys can <laughs> <laughs> just split it if you loot or whatever. That's not bad. But then, yeah, if they're like trying to steal from their party members and it's not their character, I'd start punishing them for playing out of their character. Mm. Going away from their alignment, mm. taking away inspo points, yep. stuff like that, giving them disadvantage on attacks. Fair my DM make them lose a leg. My no, DM just negates experience. Mm. He'll start dropping experience and even levels if you do it too much. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea. That's that's a good way. No, not that's, playing that's actually a good mm-hmm. idea. I think uh, story wise, well, those are the players. Um, do you guys have any other players that you've had that maybe fit a different mold, a different criteria? Uh, the criers. <laughs> All right, Justin. Well, if you keep murdering them. <laughs> in every, well, not every person's group, but, you know, there's always someone that feels like they're not getting this amount of XP or I didn't get a special weapon. And it's like, well, you're dead, you know, deal with it. <laughs> you're, you're dead again. <laughs> this is the third character. I don't care. You shouldn't have cried in front no. of me. <laughs> These are some honorable mentions here. Yeah, just, uh, you know, there's some people in groups that just, no matter what you give them, it's never good enough for them. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't even know how to solve that. I guess just kill them and kick them out of the group, you know? <laughs> Seems to be the easiest thing to do. <laughs> you could maybe just stop giving them stuff and then they'll be more grateful when you do give them something. <laughs> You're right. This is the whole desert analogy all exactly. over again. You don't give them water. Yeah, you just don't don't give them shit for a whole season. <laughs> Where is it? And then you show them an iron sword and they're like, oh, God. I love this. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Sir DM. I'll treasure it forever. <laughs> <laughs> any any players from you, Shane? Yeah, the metagamers or backseat gamers, I guess. Backseat mm. players. So metagamer meaning they're always trying to game the system? A little bit. I guess I was kind of thinking more like, so for example, in a encounter or a session, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some player's turn, he says, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move over here and attack this guy. And as a DM, I know, oh, he's moving. He's going to trigger two attacks of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to roll some dice and attack this guy, right? Yeah. But this other player is going to be like, well, if you move, you're going to trigger two attacks of opportunity. And then the original player is like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do that now. Oh, interesting. That really annoys me because <laughs> I, I feel get it really, happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I get really excited because that's what I want to do is attack the players. So you want them to die. Yeah, You're it takes some sick. of the fun out of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just like in encounters, even social situations, one player is interacting with a character. So I want to be talking to that player as a character. And if 
other people start chiming in and talking in as well, it really annoys me. Right. Because it takes me away from the actual player in the encounter. Okay. No <laughs> teamwork talking. Okay. You know what? You stick to your guns and that's the way it is, yeah, folks. There can be teamwork, but it's got to be done in character. And your character has to be in the room. Your character's got to be in they the want room input. with the other characters. If they want input, you can't influence another character in making their own decisions. Okay. I feel that depends on the group too, right? Um, Probably. Noah loves doing that kind of stuff. He loves doing this talking and strategizing and stuff like that mm-hmm. as a group because it comes up with some funny moments. But that's us personally. But yeah, no, that's a that's not a bad idea. Maybe having a talking stick or something could be yeah. a, a way to combat that. Yeah. If you're in the room, you get a talking stick. If you're not, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. It is <laughs> definitely a situational thing. I know for the Dicey 20, that's how it goes. Yeah. And it's kind of your stick everybody talks whenever they want and throwing in bits right and it works that way but definitely if it's like off a podcast in normal basement sessions it can be annoying it can be annoying yeah Yeah. no that's fair i I can understand that i think we covered a lot of the players if you guys have uh an annoying player trait that you've encountered as a dm or as another player feel free to tweet us or comment below let us know what type of player it is and uh, how you guys dealt with it so moving along we're gonna actually move into a new new segment yeah, a new segment of the Nat 20 Knowledge. Uh, so I thought it'd be cool if each each time we did a Nat 20, we picked up a news article or um, something new in the Dicey D20 world. I've got an article from kutaku.com, and it's quite the story. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll link it down in the description down below if you guys want to read more into it. This was posted, posted on December 1st, and the title of it is Frosty the Snowman is Probably Alike. Lich? Lich. Lich. So Frosty the Snowman is probably a lich. He goes into quoting a bunch of the part of the stories. So the old top hat is a phylactrophy. When placed upon the suitable snow body allows the lich spirit Frosty to possess his frozen host. He charmed the children to be his thralls and is seeking to sow as much chaos before his finite time expires. He torments the people of the village with his vile broomstick staff. Quote unquote, thumpity thump thump is the sound of bodies hitting the ground as their life forces are drained into the aforementioned phylactery. Feeling another chance at wintry destruction before the season changes anew. I, I just kind of want to, you know, <laughs> I want to get you guys' opinion on that. Makes a very compelling argument. Uh, I think it's way better than BuzzFeed's argument last week. <laughs> I think it's a funny, a funny way to look at Frosty the Snowman, especially now that it's almost, you know, it's. December, it's getting into Christmas time. This is a perfect article. Yeah. Would you guys use a frosty lich character in your campaign? I'm definitely not opposed to it as a nice little holiday <laughs> one off. <laughs> Maybe he he charms the the player characters and they have to try and break the charm. Yeah. Kind of interesting. How about you, Justin? <laughs> Would you ever use a Oh for sure, you know, I'd probably make it like a frame situation where because you know, Frosty's a good guy. And <laughs> So I'll make it seem like someone's framing him and everyone wants to kill him. But in secret, he's just he's just trying to live his snowman life in peace, you know, not getting peed on by creatures out in the wild and avoiding that hot, hot sun. <laughs> uh, that's good. I love this this article. This is fun. So if you guys if you guys want to go check it out, uh, I'll, I'll link it down again. I'll link it down in the description down below. And uh, you guys can give this more of a read. He goes into more detail of why Frosty is a, a lich. Anyway, that's our that's our time for this week. Thank you for joining us. I hope it was informative as always. Thank you to Justin and Shane for, for joining me on this journey through the terrible players of D&D <laughs> and uh, giving me their insight on how to murder different players. <laughs> <laughs>
if you guys have uh, have any questions, comments, feel free to tweet at us or comment down below or we'll, we'll always respond. Thank you for, for joining us. Thanks. Have a good night or day or whatever the hell you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's night, Justin. You're drunk again, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.